But what do you what do you want to say? <laughs> I was hoping. No I was praying. Louis. Prayed for that. <laughs> To be completely transparent. Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today we have a really awesome guest with us. We have Ash. Um, for everyone's fun little fact of the day, Ash just took our pictures for like a couple hours. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, so stay tuned for a little reveal of our photo shoot but that's that's not what ash is talking about today uh, we're going to talk about sexuality and gender expression and what that means for us and for society um, and i think it's going to be a really good conversation so ash will you give us a little introduction tell us about yourself yeah hello people excited to be here my name is ash my pronouns are she they um we'll get into a little bit about what that means for me um specifically and excited to be here. Um, background on me. Um, I exist in Columbus, Ohio, and I hang out with my dog and um, do work and try to get outside as much as I can. Um, that's pretty much how I live. Awesome. Well, we are super excited for you to be here with us today. Obviously, we have to keep with the traditions. Gotta do the hot takes. I'm going to kick it off with my hot take this week. My hot take is that if you are going to take leftovers from a restaurant, okay, bear with me. If you're going to take leftovers from a restaurant, it needs to be enough for a full meal and it must be able to reheat well. If the food doesn't reheat well or if it's not enough for a full meal, Finish it at the restaurant or don't take it. Sorry, I know food waste, but I just feel strongly about that. What reheats the best? You know, it depends. Um, I will tell you it's not rice. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. Rice gets hard as fuck. I can't. I can't do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think you can take a little bit of leftovers home because those like five bites are going to be fire in like five hours. And I think that that's important like little snacky snack before you go to bed what like why what what's the negative i just don't think it's worth it like when you took home one slice of pizza the other day i was livid i can't like why would you just take home one slice eat it there finish your meal did i actually do that you did that where and when i don't remember but you you took home one piece of pizza. Oh, happy hour. Yeah, and guess what? It was absolutely fire when I ate it later at night. And thing. I still paid for it. I'm just saying. I just, it's not troublesome to take it. I just, I hear you, and I respect you. And I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. Ash, do you have a hot take? I do have a hot take. My hot take is, like, straight up fuck grass. Like, don't mow your lawn. Man. <laughs> 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 Hear me out. So I don't know if you know the history of the American lawn. <laughs> no. But it, like everything here, is steeped in white supremacy. Oh. Let me tell you. And so 
in the past, uh, people have been able to rely on food that they've grown for themselves from their yards that has been able to sustain them, that keeps them from needing to rely on systems, and also builds communities. Um, And the way that the suburban neighborhoods have been built and constructed explicitly does not allow for people to like not even doesn't allow for people to grow their own food in their yard naturally but has outlawed it in a lot of different ways and has made us unable to be able to understand what weeds what natural plants um, we can eat and use and so it's it's taken a lot of knowledge away from people who uh, who no longer have the the ability, the long term family knowledge of learning how to grow your own food. And so, I'm a huge fan of organizations, um, especially in Columbus, that are that are out there trying to teach people how to use dandelions, chicory, cloves, wild onion, all of these different things that can be used regularly in salads in your yard and you don't have to pay for it. I would highly recommend learning about what grows naturally um, in this part of the United States because there are so many incredible plants. Oh, if you follow Black Forager, I don't know if you know this Instagrammer, incredible. Shout out to Alexis for um, teaching us how to forage within a city, um, the ways in which foraging has been outlawed specifically to harm groups of marginalized people and figuring out how to love the nature around you. So definitely recommend a follow there. Ash could educate me on something probably for an hour a day for the rest of life and I would learn like continuously. I'd be like 56, like, wow, had no idea, never heard of it. Thank you for explaining. I do like that you're so passionate about the law. I really do because that's honestly never something that has crossed my mind. Not even once. To like really dive into the history behind a lawn. So thank you. They're everywhere. Like people are out here planting grass seed and mowing lawns all of the time. But guess what? If you stop mowing, it turns into a beautiful meadow. You get natural uh, flowers, you get pollinators which are incredible for the bees. Bitches love bees. Bitches love bees. (laughs) Bitches do. Save the bees. Yeah, yeah. And so because those are cute and small and kind of bumbly, people are like, oh, yeah, I love those. But guess what? Impacts humans too. And we should care about that just as much. And so grow out your lawns. Start letting some natural vegetation in. Learn what you can and can't eat. Make a nice salad. Get a flower power salad right up in here. (laughs) You know what? I'm not even going to lie to you. That whole description that you just gave really seemed like a metaphor for pubes. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to lie. And next on the conversation. It's like grow it out. Be natural. Flower power. Coincidentally, my... Coincidentally, <laughs> from the top, my brother has been. <laughs> my brother has been a landscaper for 25 years, so I grew up around a lot of 
mowing lawns and I would have never once thought of what you have just informed us. So thanks. I do have a hot take. I thought of one. And this, I don't think personally that this is a hot take, but I think it will be taken as such. In sync, the boy band in sync, uh, the the best pure vocalist in the group is very clearly JC Chazé. What? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He is the best vocalist in the group. Okay. It's it's lit- like him and JT are the main main vocalists. He has a more powerful, pure voice. So you think he's better than JT? He is a better natural vocalist. He has a stronger, more powerful voice. J- JT has the falsetto, and that has obviously made his career very huge. I'm not saying JC's career is bigger. JC is just a better singer. So that's my hot take. Interesting. Thank you for sharing. She said interesting all right so that is the hot takes for this week an interesting (laughs) interesting mix of takes (laughs) this week okay so we're going to jump into our topic we're going to talk about sexuality gender expression all that good stuff um but i want to kick it to ash first and i want to ask you why you wanted to talk about this. Why is this important to you? Why did you want us to bring this up on the podcast? Thanks for asking. I don't know. It's just something I think about a lot and feel like in my life, the topic was never broached as a question. Like gender, sexuality, um, who you were and how society looked at you was just not something that you got to play with or think about until I think really until I lived in a residence hall with a whole lot of other gay people I was like oh this is like a place that I didn't even know to look at I didn't even know to explore before that and I get to do that now um, and potentially become more of who I am as an individual um, which was really exciting and so I think until we get a chance to talk about it more, until we get a chance to talk about who we care about, who we want to be around, um, what kinds of attraction there are, how we feel about ourselves as individuals um, inside the society, until then we don't get to really be ourselves. I love that, yeah. I think that it's been, at least from my perspective, becoming more of a conversation recently and I really feel like that's going to be valuable for so many people and so I think any opportunity we have to talk about these things and to you know use our space to educate and continue learning and talking about personal experiences the more we can do that the better in my opinion yeah yeah and I think in terms of personal experiences I think it's important that wherever you're receiving information you know who it's coming from and what perspective they're bringing and so addressing now that I am a white queer non-binary person is important to know and so with that like I can only share the experiences that I have um, the way that I've moved through the world um, and can't address what that looks like for other people but it is important to to understand that yeah absolutely and thank you for being open to talking about your personal experiences and your your lens that you're coming to this conversation through um we really appreciate that vulnerability and that openness and i think that it's going to make this an even more fruitful conversation 
So in the vein of honesty <laughs> and the vein of transparency, I guess we can all kind of give a little background about how we're approaching this subject. So Ash shared, you know, what their experience is. My experience is also as a white person, not straight, not sure the label that I am using at this point in my life, but uh, recently have definitely decided that the straight life is not it. <laughs> not it, not for me. So that's how I'm coming to this. Nathaniel, I think Ash has an important question for you. Okay, I'm ready for it. Nathaniel, can you tell us when you found out that you were straight? <laughs> How did you know? Wow, that's 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 tough. You know, I'll probably throw it back to the the late nineties, the the early two thousands. I would like to be completely transparent and say that I did think that I was straight during that time as well. Uh, same. Because who knew there was another option? I did. I was afraid. And that's on internalized homophobia. Thank you, everyone. I am so, so incredibly thrilled that at this current point in time, you're both living your truth. Yeah. I absolutely love to hear it. <laughs> when did you realize you were straight? That's that's valid. That is very valid. But yeah, that that was not something I ever thought about, which happens frequently. You just are. And then later on, if, you know, and I, I definitely agree with the fact that a form of spectrum exists. Like, there's not, like, rigid lines for whether you're this, this, or this. And as people move through life, that looks different. So that is very understandable. And I'm, I'm glad that I have learned about that personally more over the years just being exposed to different circles different conversations and clearly to those close to me that has been an ongoing conversation as well so um, i'm really excited to have this conversation and something that i'm thinking of that i want to direct towards ash is you had said making sure the information that you're getting the information that you are finding when discussing this topic is valuable is accurate how do you go about directing someone to either exploring that in themselves or learning generally about the topic how does someone start the journey to do that i would love to direct people towards tiktok um (laughs) no here's the thing is that as social media grows as people are creating communities online there is an incredible amount of information that people are already putting out and i think that i mean we could bop back over to white supremacy whenever um, because it, it it's a part of everything. But, but there's a reality in that society thinks that information is only valuable, only real, only verified when it comes from an institution. And we know that institutions come with the, their own biases. They are based in money. They are based in the way that the world structure already works. And so... There is such incredible content out there from people and their lived experiences, and we have to value that as much as and more than we're we're looking to um, to other places for resources. And so, so going back to social media, I gained so much so much understanding about myself from like watching TikToks, from watching people talk about their experiences, from listening to podcasts, like 
the people really are where the power is because they understand what other people are going through because they're doing it themselves. And so if you can follow queer content creators, if you can diversify who you're following, you're going to have a better idea of what different places in the world look like um, and can feel like. And so I, like literally the other night, I was watching an Instagram video and somebody said like the phrase like, oh, this outfit's great, but like my boobs just don't work in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like I had never felt like more seen. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like like I think that frequently about my outfit. Like, oh, I love this outfit. It's just like what if my I could just like take off my boobs for the day and just be done with it. Like how much, <laughs> how much more would I like this fit? Um, and so I just think that like if you can continue to be seen and learn from – from other people who are having the same experiences as you, you're going to see much, so much more of life. And also acknowledging that like, you should be critical of the people you are watching, the media you're intaking, figure out where people are coming from, what their motivations are. If that influencer is trying to sell you something, but you know that the something is like paying them a shit ton of money to say it, uh, maybe, maybe just be clear on that. But social media is not evil. I 100% fully agree. I genuinely credit TikTok to, I mean, it was a huge factor in my awakening to the reality of my sexuality. I'm, I'm not kidding. And it sounds wild, but I know that, I know for a fact I'm not the only one. And it is amazing to be able to watch content and to hear people's lived experiences and especially seeing people who are so confident and comfortable in that lived experience and sharing it very widely on a very public platform something about that is it's comforting it's affirming you know it allows you to pick and choose pieces of what they're saying that may apply to you and I definitely felt that like I was watching these TikToks of people saying you know this is my lived experience as a bisexual woman and I was like oh fuck I was like damn damn I was like that's okay and I was like all right all right all right let's figure this out for myself and then you know it obviously is a process it's it's always sort of evolving you're always learning um you know and and I am super excited about that I'm very lucky that the context in which I live the people that I spend time with are very affirming and they're very supportive of anything so I feel you know, like I'm I'm going into this like new chapter of my life with a lot of support, but it also is is just really nice to know that strangers feel the same way. And that's what social media I think brings to the conversation that is is being really helpful, especially with this, you know, new generation, Gen Z, all the young kids who are coming up, growing up, learning about things and having access to information at you know, literally within milliseconds at their fingertips. And I think that that's going to be really helpful in furthering this conversation and furthering people's awareness of the possibilities that exist for them to live in their truth. No, I I agree with that because I hear so frequently that, you know, people who are currently in their 20s, 30s, 40s are like, well, when I was growing up, like if I had had this type of support or if I had heard these, you know, other stories from people or seen these experiences, I would have been... Or perhaps I would have been more comfortable doing this. Or perhaps I would have learned more when I was thinking these things in middle school or high school. Like, I had no idea. I was very scared. So that's a great point with the visibility that social media presents. And I know that you're a, you're you're both huge on, on TikTok, wanting to 
uh, to view it. And I know you've told me to download it, but I, you know, I use social media a lot as is. I just send you the good ones. You, okay. Yeah. So just just keep doing that. Like send me little bits and pieces so I can get my weekly screen time down. I will not <laughs> disclose what it is currently or what it normally is. I'm not going to say it. Um, if y'all want to know, you can Venmo me. <laughs> But no, absolutely agreed. Um, okay, so some another area that I want to touch on in regards to this topic is terminology. So many people like are like, I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know what these pronouns mean. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. So, Ash, I would like you to kind of to dive into this and kind of go into the topic of what the terminology means yeah so i think the one of the best parts of the english language um, of all languages is that it's ever evolving it's ever changing it's based off of what people use it for um and as it no longer serves people it changes and so everything that i'm saying now could can maybe already is different so thinking about the way that we're engaging well acknowledging that like there is gender identity there is gender expression there is gender assigned at birth genitals at birth hormone levels chromosomes sexual identity who you're physically attractive to who you're romantically attracted to whatever your emotional state is and so all of those different areas exist on a spectrum and so if we're thinking about the ways in which we're engaging with ourselves and with other people, that can be all in nothing. <laughs> so uh, I guess breaking those down, if we're thinking about um, gender identity, um, that's often when we're talking about whether you identify as a woman or a man or a trans- transgender person that is a woman or man. You're a non-binary person. And so I, instead of thinking about each of those as like different plot points in a line, if you can think about them as existing in completely different planes that you can move towards or move away from in all of them. And so I, I think about myself and in the way that I still think that my gender is growing and moving and changing all of the time um, or maybe that I it's not actually moving. I'm just getting closer to what I already am. Um, and so I don't necessarily know what that means or, or how I fully exist but somewhere on a spectrum I exist on a plane with womanhood and with feeling like a girl but I also exist on a plane where I like feel like that changes and fluxes throughout life and day and so I'm closer to embracing maybe I'm non-binary or maybe I don't know it's hard to define yourself and you don't have to and so and I guess another piece of this is like sometimes categories and languages help people figure out who they are and sometimes labels suck for people and so you get to choose what works best for you and step away from things that don't serve you as who you are as a person and like part of the shitty part is like society will always put on what they think of you and the best thing that I think we can do in our personally is listen to people and acknowledge what they say about themselves because they do know themselves best and refer to them or about them or engage with them in the way that they that respects who they say that they are which also may change uh, and so all of that's very cool 
And so I think gender identity is more like this outside concept of who you are and how you fit in gender. And then like stepping back out, there's like gender roles and expectations. And like that's a whole other thing that I'm not super going to get into right now. And then there's gender expression, which is like how you are perceived or how you represent yourself. And so you could be incredibly neutral you could be incredibly feminine you can be incredibly masculine and all of those things are not ever in opposition to anything that has to do with your gender identity and so like all of the things that you are when it comes to your gender can like be cohesive with the rest of your identities and then there's gender assigned at birth which in society in in western culture right now tends to be female male or intersex which we don't talk a whole lot about and we give these binaries to what that means and what those are and in reality what we're trying to place people in boxes for actually has to do with like what their genitals look like what their hormone levels look like and what their chromosomes say and there's a whole spectrum for all of those things as well and like hormone levels vary over time time they change all of the time based on where we are in life what our environmental factors look like different things that are put in the body taken out of the body all of those different things and so to put people in a box based on visually what you see at the hospital or in an ultrasound can be harmful to people who don't fit an assumption about what that means. And so that's that's a whole other space that this culture imposes expectations on people that may or may not have anything to do with what with what their lived reality is. And so like that is all about gender and sex um, and then like this whole other side about sexuality in terms of like what your sexual identity is, how you identify, what you say out loud to other people or inside to yourself about who maybe you are physically attracted to, which can be different than who you are emotionally attracted to versus who you would maybe want to be in a relationship or a partnership or a polyamorous relationship with like also can be all or can be none or can be anywhere in any space and so that's a lot (laughs) that's a lot of information that's a lot of options for people and I think something we don't talk about is like this is not new just because we're talking about it more now just because American culture and people are speaking out about their experiences and and feel like they have community around this there are cultures there have always been cultures and people who don't live within the gender binary and and that's been a part of culture and it is pretty recent (laughs) um, that we have placed boundaries in areas that have not they've not been placed before thank you for that I think that that's really important that we kind of set that baseline because I think you know as you mentioned at the beginning language is is always changing and our understanding and awareness and definitions and use of a lot of these terms changes over time as well and so I think it's it's good that we're setting sort of the the stage here with talking about that so if folks are listening out there who may not know all of these things it's an opportunity to open the door to conversation around that but um, I really appreciate that and and Ash has a really great graphic 
that um, we will absolutely share on the page that I think is a helpful visual to sort of understand what these terms are and and what these spectrums may look like for folks. So thank you for providing that input. Something I, I really like that you said was talking about how this is not a new phenomenon and this is something that's exists within cultures, you know, outside of the Western world forever. And I think that that's really important to highlight, especially for folks who are, you know, feeling like they may not exist within these rigid boxes that American, specifically American society has sort of tried to fit us in. It's important to know that there are billions of people on this planet and so many of them for so long have been accepting of understanding of different ways of viewing gender and sex and sexuality for millennia, you know? So I just, at least for me, that's comforting to know that there are many different ways to look at this and people have been doing it forever and so it might seem scary or confusing or daunting within the context of the U.S. but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way it's just kind of how our society has decided to narrowly focus on just a few of the millions and billions of options that exist for people's identity and expression. Um, another point, I sorry, sorry, I'm talking a lot. I have a lot of thoughts. As a baby gay, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> we are all baby gays. Holy hell. So true. Um, but I do really like the point you made about labels in general. I think that that's something we can talk about a little bit more. I think there are different camps. There are different, you know, people are in different areas of, of thinking around this about whether or not labels are important, like, uh, you know, for them personally, I mean, not not that they exist, but for people personally, whether or not labels are important, whether or not they want to use them or, you know, have various different labels they use in different circles, all that kind of stuff. And I recently was talking to a friend who is personally very pro-label. They are very proud as a bisexual person and, like, they like having that as an identifier and they're very open to using that and they like to use that and I feel like I don't feel the same always like if you like technically had to classify based on definitions given when you google a term like I guess like I would say that I'm bisexual but for me personally that just doesn't really feel right so I just like you know queer whatever and I like that is probably going to keep changing and like that's I'm totally cool with that but I just wonder if we can talk a little bit more about labels in general and and what that's looked like maybe for you and your journey or for your friends like if you have stories anecdotes about that I think using this podcast as a platform to share experiences we'd like to be able to talk about that so what are your what are your thoughts yeah I totally I respect how you feel about not wanting to like label yourself in that way even though like technically that is accurate I have a lot of thoughts about that because I too in definition would be like bisexual or pan I've been in relationships with lots of types of people who had different identifiers and have been romantically have been sexually have been physically like whatever attracted to these people probably because of um, how they've identified and exist within this world and I've never liked to call myself bisexual and I think a lot of things about that because in my head I wonder do I feel that way because there's an incredible amount of hate for the bisexual community and so is it like 
is it another place where society is telling me to like not like that word or not like the stereotypes of that word or not like what I think other people are going to think about that word or is it that queer just feels better because it's nondescript and I don't have to explain a bunch of shit and there are less assumptions around what that means and then I also like don't necessarily have to come out as a person who uses she they unless I want to and like if I do experience life as a non-binary person and I'm pan or bisexual on top of that like how did those play within each other and engage um and then we hippity hop into all of the labels within the queer community beautiful and just as challenging and fun and affirming and great for some and terrible and scary or like unappreciated for others both valid and so thinking about the way you present um if you're a granola gay like <laughs> some would call me uh you haul lesbians. lesbians tops bottoms bears like there's a host of ways that you can engage with the community and like and ways that those both empower and also disempower others and so there's incredible strength in being able to think about who you are and fit yourself into it into a space that you know you belong and then also it's challenging and some people don't want that and that's okay too so I guess my next question is Nathaniel what kind of straight are you see I'm gonna do I'm not gonna do the the straights right by saying I don't know I haven't thought about it but that was that was the gut reaction. Yikes. Oh, I know. Like and that's on heteronormativity. That is on heteronormativity. Hate to see it. Am I one of them? <laughs> <laughs> She's slow now. Yeah. Please know a slight nod of the head. Yes. Um, can I have some options, please? <laughs> you get two options. I'm gonna give you two options. You can either be cool or you can be homophobic you mean a cool straight or a homophobic straight yeah yeah that's all you get okay hmm let me think about it let me think about it i i like the former personally mm-hmm. i think so i think that's the one i'll go with okay is that acceptable hey whatever you feel like <laughs> you identify with i support you fully well Yep. <laughs> um, it's just incredible to know that you support me through everything. This is why, you know, I've decided it'd be a great idea to do this podcast with you because it's the, the support is unwavering. So thank you again okay. for supporting me, you know, through this straight journey. Because <laughs> I know how hard it is. They really, no, honestly, I've just lost so much sleep and I, I just really appreciate it. As a former straight, um, <laughs> I can't affirm that it is really hard. (laughs) Harrowing. Wait, okay, so I guess this brings us to our next point. Sarah, I know you're really passionate about talking about compulsory heteronormativity. What does that mean, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. Compulsory heterosexuality or, you know, heteronormativity is really this idea that the default or the immediate assumption is heterosexuality and it's enforced by a society that is heteronormative and patriarchal. 
And for me, this is something that it, I, I'm starting to realize the impacts of it and and how I have sort of internalized a lot of those ideas into my own life. And I think part of my identity journey, if we want to call it that, or, or you know, doing a lot of self-reflection and self-awareness around sexuality for me was acknowledging the fact that, you know, as someone who is attracted to and you know, sexually and romantically to multiple genders, one of them being men, cis or otherwise, but, you know, people who identify, you know, as, as men, I was very easily able to live a life that was fulfilling and that was, you know, comfortable when I was existing in a heteronormative and heterosexual space, right? Like, by me dating and having sex with men, that was fine. That was enjoyable. I have loved men before. Like I have dated men and it's been a, you know, great experience. And so it was very easy for me to exist within this structure of compulsory heteronormativity because it is a legitimate part of my identity and part of my sexuality that being said as I started to unpack what it means to live in a society that just defaults to being straight and and realizing how even the most subtle influences have impacted me I was able to start to unpack the you know repression and the lack of acknowledgement of the other aspects of my sexuality that exist outside of that you know heteronormative structure so it's definitely still something that I am unpacking that I'm learning about that I am you know every day realizing the impacts of but I do think it's really important to acknowledge that you know we do as people in a western culture we do exist in a space that assumes that you are straight until proven otherwise. And we have now adopted a uh, new acronym <laughs> that we would like to introduce to the world um, that challenges that. Ash, will you tell us what that is? I will tell you what it is. It is QPO. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, okay? Um, queer until proven otherwise. That should be our default. Uh, that should be the goal is openness. Whatever is happening in life in your brain in your body like let it happen and then if that happens to be straight cool if that happens to not be straight like welcome um (laughs) we love to have you and so there are a lot of places where my identity intersects in a way that I am out I am out to my family I am able to relatively feel safe with a partner in spaces that I'm in and that's a privilege that I know that I hold and I'm grateful for and so just reimagining a world in which um, other people have that opportunity as well if we are not putting straight people at the forefront of life yeah that's that's exactly you know what I mean I think it's been ingrained for so long that that is the assumption and I would love for society to continue to move towards breaking that down and you know allowing all of these incredible beautiful options that exist for life to be valued and and be something that people are able to freely express and I know that that is just not the reality yet and I agree with you Ash I also feel very privileged and grateful that I exist within a world where I can talk about these things and I can freely express you know my thoughts and opinions on it and that's just not 
the reality because of this idea of compulsory heterosexuality like this idea is is very deeply ingrained and that makes spaces unsafe for a lot of people I think that that brings us to where you and I fit into this space as white people in understanding that our voices are often dominant. Uh, the way that we move through the world is with privilege and like society was set up for us. And so to have this piece of marginalization that we can hide if we want to, that we can be out if we want to, there are other people in society that don't have that opportunity that that don't have that choice and who where systems have been set up to fail them over and over or not fail them like are working as they're intended to work um and do fail them over and over again and so acknowledging that um the most vulnerable among us are are trans black women who society uses always often for the the space that they bring to culture for the way that they engage with the world for their creativity and brightness and love and beauty and yet they experience incredible amounts of violence from the rest of society and so ultimately like we don't want to be out here being white gays that are like Mm -hmm. oh look at us we we're cool because we're queer and also not understanding the ways in which we exist in a world that was set up for us mostly like we can't be actionless in this area in past episodes y'all have talked about the ways in which we should be existing within our community the way that we should be showing up for people around us and right now and always uh, that means standing up for the black community as it's facing and has always faced incredible violence from so many different systems uh right now we're talking a lot about the police but if we're talking about the education system the medical system housing all of it is is set up explicitly to uphold people who are already in power people with money people who are white and it's our responsibility no matter what your status is in the lgbtq community to be protesting, to be learning, to be donating money, to be doing everything that you can uh, in order to continually be educated and fight white supremacy at the core of it. So you, you touched upon something that, you know, from a previous episode we had asked when we had Shaniqua on and we talked about finding, you know, resources to to learn and actually better yourself with involving or getting involved in the community, getting involved just so that you can play a better role in being accepting, learning, educating yourself. And she made a good point in saying, I feel like a lot of people don't want to learn because, you know, I can tell you a few things to to look at, but if you're not going to take the action to go find that for yourself and you're not actually going to do anything with it, I don't think you're being that serious. So in this same conversation, how do you feel about that? Do you think there's particular areas that people can look towards or ways people can take advantage that actually show that they're willing to make this a better world for everyone to exist in? Yeah, I think that that's an incredible point made by Shaniqua. And I think that Google is at many people's fingertips. It's not at everybody's fingertips. Uh, Not everybody has access to technology, the internet, and 
if your scenario is that you don't have access to that, then we should be working to find ways in order to help support in that area. But a large majority do. And so look shit up. Uh, (laughs) Please, like you have the agency, you have the time, um, I'm guessing. And so if you're curious about something, there are incredible people who have already put in the emotional labor to educate you. Like they have chosen to take time out of their day to make a blog, to make a vlog, to write a paper, to write an article, to like to put their story out there. And so one kudos to them for taking the time and using their energy in that way and like find it, go out there and then pay the money because they did it and you're using that and that's that's how education works. And so and then the other thing is I really love what Jimena said about taking care of one another. That's the only way that we move forward as a society is you care for the people who are around you and you care for the people who are not directly around you because systems have been put into place and you've chosen to live within them and not expand yourself outside of that to live in in whatever box you live in and so find a space in which your talents and privileges can be used to support others because they deserve that your your extra time your your way of life like should involve community support and so find that space that fits you that you can shine and thrive and and give all that you can give in and build community there yeah I think you know these are these are great points and I think you know a, a central theme that we have found running through a lot of our episodes is that it, it really takes intentional effort it really takes putting this at the forefront of your life and not this as in you know sexuality gender expression the lgbtq plus community but this as in social awareness social justice equality understanding empathy like putting that at the forefront of your priority list is really going to be the only way that we move forward as a society everyone who hasn't personally experienced anything or you know even those who have like there's always more learning to do and there's always more to to be able to understand and explore and and a lot of that as you said ash comes from people who have these experiences and have already put in the emotional labor and we need to acknowledge that and cherish that and express gratitude for that so I thank you for bringing that up again. I'm, I'm glad that we're able to kind of connect these conversations back to previous ones. I think it's really important as we move forward with this podcast and, and our own lives individually that we just remember that everything is interconnected and, it, and it's all important to each other. So I think this was a really super awesome conversation. It's not over by any means we could talk forever about this topic um as we feel every week um but you know for the sake of time just want to wrap up and thank you ash for for being here for talking about your experiences and for being so open and honest and willing to to share so we really appreciate that and you know as always please 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 let us know your thoughts, add any commentary, questions, feedback. Like we we really do value what you say when you know we talk about these topics that either are new for someone, new you've never talked about them, or you have new questions. Please reach out to our Instagram, Twitter, text us, call us. Like we're also always trying to learn 
and grow. So we welcome that. And I want to open up the space. Um, excited to announce that at the end of every episode moving forward, um, we would love that if you learned something, if you were excited by something, if you felt compelled towards something, please donate that good, good money that you have um, towards an organization that has to do with that week's topic. And so this week, I want to shout out the um, Be Quick, which is the Black Queer and Intersectional Collective in Columbus, Ohio. Um, It is a grassroots organization working towards liberation of black LGBTQIA plus folks through direct action, community organizing, and creating spaces. They are an incredible group of people, have been on the front lines for years at this point in Columbus, Ohio, and I am personally incredibly grateful for the way in which they have supported the community. They have have moved the Black Lives Matter mission forward and have educated me on what abolition looks like for us moving forward. Um, And so highly recommend donating to their cause. Please, please do reach out to them, follow them on social media, and I appreciate all of you. And if you don't have money to donate, donate your time, donate your talents, educate someone else, spread the wealth, spread the knowledge, but most importantly, spread the money over and out. Go Bucks. Go Bucks, baby. Baby. And again, thanks to Ash for providing you know, a lot of, of valuable feedback and information and knowledge. Um, you're clearly very passionate about this topic, and I'm glad that you took the time to explain the things that you did. So we really appreciate you being here, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.